You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel in Brampton, Ontario. For more information about our church, please visit harvestbrampton.ca. When I was driving around town a little while ago, I, I was really struck by this advertisement that was written on the back of a Dodge Caravan minivan. Uh, this is what it said. Full-time income, part-time work. Call the number if you're interested in making full-time income for part-time work. Now, uh, the book of Proverbs has a word to describe the kind of person that would make that phone call. It's called a sluggard. A sluggard means someone who is lazy, someone who is slothful, someone who is a freeloader, someone who takes shortcuts. And uh, the book of Proverbs reserves its most sarcastic and its most piercing statements for uh, the sluggard. Uh, Today's sermon is, Lord, give me wisdom in my work. Lord, help me not to be a sluggard. Help me to have honesty and integrity and diligence in my work. So turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 15 verse 19. If you don't have a Bible, no problem. We've got some very diligent ushers who want to make sure everyone has a chance to follow along. So they're going to be coming up and down the aisle right now. They're going to put Bibles in people's hands. All you got to do is raise your hand and we want to make sure everyone has a chance to follow along and feast on God's word today. And I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 15 and find verse 19. And this is what that verse says. The verse says, the way of a sluggard is like a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a level highway. You see, there's a contrast here that's being laid out. There's two paths. This is a common theme in the book of, he- in the book of uh, Proverbs. Two paths. One is filled with thorns. One is a level highway. One has all kinds of obstacles, all kinds of distractions, all kinds of pain. If you choose to live like a sluggard, you will come up against a number of obstacles that you wouldn't come up against if you had just chosen to work hard. But there's there's something vital for us to understand here in this verse. Notice that the contrast is not between the sluggard and the hard worker. That's what we would expect, right? The lazy person who doesn't work and the person who does work. That would make sense. But what's interesting here is the lazy person, the sluggard, is contrasted. Do you see it there? With the upright. You see... Laziness is something that we you know, joke about or we think, oh, it's just someone's personality or they just are that way. But the book of Proverbs doesn't let us off the hook. Your work is a reflection of your morality. The sluggard is contrasted with the upright. To be lazy is to be wrong. To be lazy is to Sin. What, what, is, what is all over? The way of the sluggard. Thorns. Where did thorns come from? They came from Genesis chapter 3. When Adam and Eve sinned, God cursed the ground as a result of sin. 
When you walk in the way of sluggard, you are walking in the way of sin. You are walking in the way of thorns. But there is an upright way, a way that is level. And some of us think that work is the problem, that work is part of the curse. No, work was not part of the curse. Thorns were part of the curse. In Genesis chapter 2, it says that God created Adam and put him in the garden to work it and to keep it. Work was always part of God's plan. All of us have work that we need to do. Some of us have jobs. We, we do work for an employer or for customers. Some of us are self-employed. For some of us, our work is just managing a household, which is a lot of work. For those of you who are young and in school, you need to understand that your school is your work. Your teacher is your boss. And, and your homework or your assignments, that is what you are called upon. You can read everything that we're going to read today in the book of Proverbs through the lens of your studies at school. And all of us at different times fail to go on that level path of hard work and diligence to do what's right. And all of us stumble down that thorny path of sinful laziness. But here, here's the beauty in this verse, and this is, the, this is what breathes life into all of the book of Proverbs, is the truth is, there are no upright people. I mean, the truth is, that people on the outside might look like they're upright, some people feel like they're good or like they're better than others, but the truth is, all of us are under the curse of sin. There's only ever been one upright one who walks on that level way, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he came and he said, I am the way. And I am the truth and I am the life. And only in following Jesus do we understand how to truly live productive and meaningful lives in our work and beyond. And here's the beauty that we need to understand before we get into what we're going to get into here in looking at work. Is Jesus, Jesus is what gives us the, the pattern for uh, work. Jesus said in John 5, my father is working and I have come to do his work. Jesus was, when, when he went back to his hometown in Mark chapter 6 verse 3, all of the other people there were like, isn't this Jesus the carpenter? Jesus was known for being a carpenter, for being a worker. And so as we follow Jesus, we are following someone who knew what it was to work an honest day's work. And he is the one that we follow. He's provided the pattern. He's also provided the purpose because Jesus died on the cross for us and purchased us back from the curse that we all deserve because of our sin and has rescued us and saved us. So we need to keep all of that in mind. But we're going to allow, we're going to look at two resumes today. The resume of the sluggard and the resume of the upright. And we're going to be looking at this idea of how our work reflects our morality. That if your heart has been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, knowing that he died for you, knowing that his spirit lives inside of you, that laziness is no longer an option. Well, you cannot live like that anymore. So let's take a look at the sluggard. Here's the first thing I want you to know. This is at the top of the sluggard's resume. The sluggard is irritating. Lazy people are irritating. 
When I'm lazy, I'm irritating to the people that I work with or to my family or to my friends. When you're lazy, you are irritating, you're annoying, you're frustrating to the people around you. Take a look at this verse on the screen. Proverbs 10, verse 26. It says, like vinegar... In the, in the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. Now imagine you're at McDonald's. You can picture that. You're smelling that wonderful McDonald's smell. And someone passes you one of those little red cardboard boxes that have that unique shape filled with McDonald's French fries. And you grab a four or five of those steaming hot French fries and you put them in your mouth. Oh, did I forget to mention that you don't like vinegar on your French fries and you don't know that there's vinegar on the French fries. And you take those French fries and you put them in your mouth. Everyone make the face. You weren't expecting vinegar and you got vinegar. Everyone make the face. Okay, now you're in the woods at a campfire and you're roasting marshmallows and things are going great. You're being warmed and it's crackling and it's so nice. And then the wind changes and the smoke from the fire that was blowing away from you is now blowing right at you. Everyone make the face. It's the same face, isn't it? And now you've asked a certain person to meet you at a certain place at a certain time because it's really important for you to get your job done and they show up late. Everyone make the face. Or you go to the place to pick up the thing that the guy was supposed to get done so that you could get your job done and he hasn't done it. Everyone make the face. It's the same face, isn't it? It's irritating. It's a, that, that's not what I want. I, I, I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. And that's what we do to people when we're lazy. That is not loving. Jesus called us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we need, we need to understand that to be irritating in that way is not loving. Because here's the thing, when we refuse to work, someone else has to work for us. And that's what we need to understand, is we cannot be a burden on the people that we work with. We cannot be a burden on our friends or on our family. Jesus has called us to something higher and to something greater. We can't be irritating. We can't make others work for ourselves. But listen, th this issue of laziness, it goes deeper than just this sort of harmless nuisance. Oh, I'm just kind of frustrated or vexed because this person didn't come through on their deadline. It's far deeper than being irritating. It's also, make note of this, it's, it's irresponsible. It's irresponsible to live like a sluggard. Proverbs 18.9 says, whoever is slack in his work is a brother of him who destroys. Brothers tend to look alike. People are always getting my kids confused. I can barely tell my sons apart sometimes. I go run through all of the names. A brothers look alike. And here's the idea. The person who doesn't work well is a brother, looks like, is basically the same as the person who sets all the work on fire and tries to destroy it. Sloppy work and destroyed work have this in common. They're both useless. And we have a responsibility, not just to work, but to work well and to take responsibility for what God has entrusted us. Proverbs 20 verse 4 says, The sluggard does not plow in autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. You're probably wondering, what, what, what's the deal about plowing in autumn? Well, in, in the Middle East, they're on a completely different agricultural cycle, different calendar. And so the, the plowing actually happens. If you want to get ahead as a farmer in the Middle East, you do your plowing in autumn. When it's cold, when it's wet. And, 
if someone is not willing to do that hard work, then they will not be they will not get the, the harvest in the end. Take a look at the take a look at the verse, Proverbs 24. It says, The sluggard does not plow in the autumn, he will seek at harvest and have nothing. Notice the sense of entitlement that we have. This sense that even though I didn't do the work ahead of time, I should still benefit from it. Full-time income, part-time work. I mean, where's my harvest? Well, you don't have a harvest because you didn't plow. You weren't willing to do the hard work ahead of time. Now turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. Solomon is going to take us on a bit of a field trip. And while you're making your way to the 6th chapter of Proverbs, I just want to give you this one warning. Why Proverbs are so powerful and so memorable is because they're so simple. But the danger with the simplicity of Proverbs is that we can sometimes over-apply. What, what you're going to find as we're going through this book is you're going to see this contrast. You're going to see people that work hard get rich and people that don't work end up being poor. Now the danger in that is to not treat this book like Proverbs but to treat this book like promises. This is not the book of promises. Not everybody who works hard ends up getting rich. And the truth is, not everybody who is poor got that way because they were lazy. You may not have any food at harvest because you didn't plow, but even the author of Proverbs knows that there's sometimes famine, there's sometimes drought, there's sometimes other circumstances, illnesses that come, on, that, that come your way. All of these things need to be factored in. So don't overapply. Don't assume that just because someone's wealthy, they got that way because they worked hard. Don't assume that just because someone's poor, that means that they're not a hard worker. So here we go. Proverbs 6, verse 6. Here's the field trip. He says, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. Have you ever seen how hard ants work? Have you ever looked at these, those incredible ant farms, all the tunnels that they bring? Have you ever looked at those ant mounds that they build? Have you ever seen an ant carry something that's way larger than itself? Have you ever noticed that there's no one with a whip behind the ant saying, get it done? You ever notice that there's no schedule, there's no boss telling the ant to do it? The ant is individually, personally responsible for doing their part. And what Solomon is saying, if the ant can do it, so can you. You need to take personal responsibility for the work that God has entrusted to you. Whether you work in an office or you're working at home or you work at a shop or at a clinic, Take responsibility for what you are called on to do. So the sluggard is irritating. The sluggard is irresponsible. Also make note of this. The sluggard is irrational. Irrational. When you talk to someone who's really caught in this trap of habitual laziness, you will begin to understand that they just don't make any sense. Let me show you what I mean. Proverbs 26. Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 26 and find verse 13. Proverbs 26, 13. Sluggards are known for pathetic excuses. In fact, irrational 
uh, excuses. Oh, my, you know, I was going to call you, but my cell phone died. There was a snowstorm. My printer was out of ink. There was traffic. You know, I'm not really a morning person. I'm kind of groggy after lunch. Oh, it's the end of the day already. Um, uh, uh, there was a power outage. Uh, it was Donald Trump's fault. My dog ate it. Everyone has an excuse for why they can't get their job done, and so often they're irrational. What we need is more responsibility. More, I was supposed to do it, and I didn't. Listen to this excuse, Proverbs 26, 13. The sluggard says, there's a lion in the road. There's a lion in the streets. The context of, of Proverbs is the, uh, the kingdom of Israel, urban Jerusalem. There were no lions roaming the streets. So the, this sluggard is making up this excuse. Well, I better stay home because if I go out, man, that lion will probably you know, bite my arm off and then what good will it be? I won't be able to work at all. So I'm just not going to work today because there's a lion in the street. It doesn't make any sense. It's completely irrational. And so be careful that you're not making excuses. But also notice here, notice how there's fear involved. For some reason, he doesn't want to go outside. He's afraid to work. He says that there's a lion. You'd be afraid of a lion. For some of us, there's an intentional underachievement happening in your life because you're afraid that if you really did work hard, you'd fail and fall flat on your face. And you need to understand that God is with you. There is a lion outside. It's the lion of Judah. And he will be with you and he will strongly support you if you put yourself out there and work hard. Young people who are in school right now, don't be afraid to work hard. I know what it's like to have friends who just blow off school and laugh at you for, for wanting to work hard and wanting to get your assignments done and wanting to respect your teachers and wanting to get good grades. And you're, you're afraid that if you really tried in school, people would call you a nerd. Well, you need to understand, nerds run this planet. And if you can endure being called a nerd for three or four years in high school, believe me, it will feel really good when all those people who are calling you a nerd now work for you. Don't let fear stop you from working hard, from being a diligent. If you keep reading in Proverbs 26, look at verse 14. It says, as a door turns on its hinges, so think about that. Think about a door on its hinges. It's, it's moving all the time, but it's not going anywhere, is it? As the door turns on its hinges, so does the sluggard on his bed. Also add this to the sluggard's resume. The sluggard is indulgent. Indulgent. To be indulgent, to indulge yourself, just simply means to do what you want to do. Not to do what's best for you or what's best for your family or what's best for the community. Just doing what you want to do. The sluggard just wants to stay in bed like a door on its hinges. The only movement you see is just rolling from one side to the other. Just plopped on the couch. The only movement is just moving from one place to the other to get yourself more comfortable. Then verse Verse 15 says, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish. It wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. 
So the sluggard is sitting there on the couch and someone puts this enormous bowl of Ruffles potato chips in his lap and he puts his hand in the bowl of chips and then he tries to bring it up and he just says, I just wish someone would feed me these chips. Why is life so hard? It's a ridiculous metaphor, isn't it? But as I was meditating on this metaphor for the last 10 days or so, it really got me thinking about, you know what? The slugger doesn't finish what he starts. And listen, you put a bowl of chips in front of me, they're going to get in my mouth pretty quick. But there's a lot of things that I start and I know I don't finish. There's a lot of things on my to-do list as pastor of this church that, I, that I've started, that I want to get done, that, that, I, that I haven't finished, been very convicted about that. I walk around my house, I look at these little projects, these little touch-ups that need to happen and, and, I'm, and I know I, I, need, I need to finish. I need to finish what I've started. You see, we, we follow a savior who came to do a job and at the end of the job, what did he say? It is finished. We serve a, a savior and we lean on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And he has set the model for us and the pattern for us and gives us the power because of the cross to not be indulgent, to not follow our desires, but to be led by the spirit in selflessly loving other people. And here's the most dangerous thing. Verse 16 of Proverbs 26, it says, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Seven is sort of a, the, the, the number of completion, as many as possible. And the, the real sad thing about the sluggard is that even when people try to reason with them, you know, you really should get up out of the couch. There isn't a lion outside. The person is so wise in their own eyes that they won't listen to advice. Here's the other thing I've noticed. The most lazy people are the most free in criticizing how other people do their jobs. I know I'm doing nothing, but I just have a few things to say about the something that you're doing. That's so irritating, isn't it? But the sluggard, the lazy person, is wiser in their own eyes, even if someone tried to offer them advice. Let's take another field trip, Proverbs 24. Now we're going to visit the sluggard's house. Proverbs 24, verse 30. It says, I passed by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. How did he know that a sluggard lived there? Well, look at verse 31. And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles and its stone wall was broken down. Understand this principle from this proverb. Your work is a reflection of your character. He didn't have to go inside the house to knock on the door to see what kind of a person lived there. Show me the kind of work you do and I'll tell you the kind of person you are. All he had to do was look at his field. All he had to do was look at the state of the wall that he had built. All he had to do was, was go out into the vineyard and he knew the kind of person that lived there. Verse 32, then I saw and considered it. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Notice how the word little is, is repeated there three times. A little slumber, a little sleep, a little folding of the hand. It's just these small little decisions. It's almost like you can hear the person drift off to sleep. And then all of a sudden a robber's there. 
You see, robbers normally don't make courtesy calls to let you know they're coming in advance. That'd be pretty helpful, but they don't do that. And when you get off track, when you stop being irresponsible with your work, it'll sneak up on you and you'll end up being overwhelmed, just like this sluggard. This sluggard has so much work to do. His way has been overrun with thorns and with nettles. If he had just been on it of continually plowing that field and making sure that wall was maintained, now he has so much more work to do. Those who refuse to work hard will end up working harder. And that's what this sluggard has uh, in front of them now. Procrastination and neglect leads to disorder. Now, some of you are here today and say, well, Ted, you, just, you don't know how much I work, man. I am on it. I'm, 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 I'm working, I'm on my smartphone before breakfast, I'm, I'm, I'm doing things on my commute, I'm working, I'm working at, when I'm at the office, I'm working at home, I'm working all the time. Well, listen, work isn't the only thing you're supposed to work at. Raising a family takes work. Having a healthy, vibrant, loving marriage takes work. Maintaining your finances takes work. Everything we've covered so far in the book of Proverbs can all be filtered through this principle of hard work. Be careful that you aren't neglecting your family because weeds can start to grow. And if we're not intentional with our job, weeds will start to grow. If we're not intentional with our finances, weeds will start to grow. If we're not intentional with our relationships, weeds will start to grow to grow. Don't be indulgent. Maybe you're good at work. You feel fulfillment at work. Well, listen, your life isn't just work. You have a family that needs you. Don't neglect them. Be faithful. So that's the resume of the sluggard. Now let's look at the upright Someone who's not upright in and of themselves, but someone who has been made upright by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Not someone who's perfect and always does the right thing, but these are the principles that we see throughout the Bible of someone who loves Jesus and believes the gospel, believes that their sin is forgiven, and is now living for his glory and not their own. First off, the, the upright is driven. The upright is driven. Proverbs 14, 23 says, In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to po poverty. Proverbs 14, 23, In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. You have to believe that God blesses hard work. And the profit is not always financial. Hard work develops our character. That's why as parents, it's so important that we're on our children about doing their part around the house because they may, not, they may not get a reward for it. They may not get an allowance for it. That's your decision, but you need to teach them that there is profit in hard work. It develops our character. So they're driven. Also make note of this. The upright is disciplined. The upright is disciplined. The way to move forward in life is to be willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do. That's really the definition of discipline. To make a decision to do something, even it's the opposite of indulgence. It's, I know this is good for me. I know this is loving for others. And even though I don't want to do it, I'm going to do it. 
And discipline starts with the first decision we make every morning. Proverbs 20, verse 13. Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes, and you will have plenty of bread. Now, there's this strange species walking around uh, planet Earth. And it, 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 they're humans, but they're a, a, a subset, a, a different species of human. And I think some of them are probably here. It's, it's, put up your hand if you're one of these rare people that when you wake up in the morning, you are up. And you can't go back to bed, even if you wanted to. You're up, you're up. Doesn't matter what time it is or how early it is. As soon as you're up, you're up. You can't go back to bed. Hands up if you're that person. You are so weird and I wish I was you. <laughs> because you don't, you don't understand the battle that happens in so many of our lives every single morning. The alarm goes off and you raise your head up 45 degrees from your pillow. And then you have to make that choice. That pillow is so warm. This bed is so cozy. The world out there is so dark and so cold. <laughs> but to love sleep. Listen, this isn't a judgment on people. Listen, different people need different amounts of sleep. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that the person who sleeps less is somehow more godly. But what I am saying is that you need to make a decision. Make sure that you're not loving sleep. One sentence that I repeat to myself often is this, that at nighttime sleep is my friend and in the morning sleep is my enemy. At nighttime, sleep is your friend. Make an appointment with your friend. Have, it, have an alarm set in your phone. Go to sleep. Sleep is your friend. It's good for you to go to bed and to go to bed early. If you have an inclination to go to bed, oh, should I watch another episode? No, well, sleep is my friend, so I'm gonna go to sleep. But in the morning, sleep must be your enemy. You, mu you must make that decision. You must lift your head 45 degrees, look back at that pillow and say, I declare war on this bed. <laughs> we must be disciplined. Proverbs 28, 19 says, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but whoever follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. Notice how the proverb says, you'll get plenty of something. Either plenty of bread or plenty of poverty. And the difference is, if you work your land or if you follow worthless pursuits. You see, the danger is some of us go to work, but we don't go to work and go to work. We don't work when we're at work. Our employers uh, place this huge amount of trust in us and I mean, uh, 10 or 15 years ago, even if, if, if you took a personal phone call at, at work, everyone knew about it because it, it uh, came through the switchboard and there was an accountability there. And now we, we're getting text messages. People are emailing us personal emails, all of these things. It's so blurred when work starts and stops. And the best thing you can do for your employer is to give them confidence that when you're at work, you're working don't follow worthless pursuits. If, you're, if, you're, if your job is, is a homemaker, to, to make sure that you are being faithful in what has been entrusted to you and not following all of the distractions that, that plague our culture. But it's nothing new. It's here in the Proverbs. Don't follow worthless 
pursuits. We've got to prioritize what's important and what matters. The upright person, number, or letter C, is diligent. Is diligent. These Proverbs are going to come at you quite quick now. Proverbs 13.4, 10.4, and 12.24. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. The hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. If you are slothful, you will be forced into work. You won't get to choose when you work because you will neglect the deadline. You will neglect doing things ahead of time. And now, even though something else has come up and you got invited to do something fun, now you're forced to stay home and do your job or to stay at work late and finish the project because you were slothful. You are forced into labor. But if you are diligent, if you get your work done ahead of time, you will rule. You will be able to make more decisions. You have more freedom. Again, young people, if you study hard, respect your teachers, be diligent at your work, and get the best grades you can for the glory of God, you will rule. When you come to the end of high school, you will have so many options. You can do whatever you want to do. You can pursue post-secondary education or an apprenticeship or go and get a job and you'd have an amazing reference from a teacher and a list of grades and people will want you. I mean, if you, if you have the intelligence, you study hard enough, you can get a scholarship and someone else will pay for you to go to school. But listen, if you just blow off your studies and disrespect your teachers and don't hand in your assignments... Rather than coming to the end of school and having all kinds of options, you're only going to have a few options. You're going to be forced because you didn't do the work ahead of time. You weren't diligent. And so, so receive that, young people. Listen to your parents when they talk to you about the importance of studying hard and being the best student that you can be for God's Glory it will give you so many more options. We've got to be diligent, loved ones. Having a great marriage takes work. Raising children takes work. Living a life of purity takes work. Maintaining friendships takes work. All of these things require diligent efforts. And then make note of this, make note of this last piece of the upright's resume. The upright is always developing. Always developing. The upright person is always trying to find a better way to do their job. They're not okay with okay. They're not fine with fine. They're always moving. They're always developing. They're always heading towards excellence in what they do. Uh, Dr. John White wrote a brilliant little commentary on the book of Nehemiah. I used it when we were doing the Nehemiah series uh, last year. He said this. He said, there's nothing more boring than sloppy work. If you're bored in your job, if you're a, a homemaker, or if you work in an office, or you're an accountant, or a salesperson, and you feel so bored in what you're doing, take a close look, not at the job, but take a close look at how you're doing your job. 
Because if you try to do your job well, I'm going to wash these dishes like never before. They are going to be so I am going to do the best, fastest, most efficient, most God-glorifying job on this little minute project. There's something exhilarating about that. This is what the book of Proverbs says about developing. It says, do you, Proverbs 22, 29, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Are you skillful at your job? Are you developing the skills and improving the skills that God has given you to do your job with greater effectiveness? It's important for us to recognize what this verse doesn't say. It doesn't say the talented person will stand before kings. It doesn't say the charismatic person will stand before kings or the gifted person. It's the skillful person. We don't all have the same talents and abilities but everyone has, this, has the capability to become skillful and to develop those skills, no matter what it is. And it's a scriptural principle. If you're faithful with a little, you'll be entrusted with much. If you do your job well here, you'll get called up to do your job for someone more important and then for someone more important until ultimately you're doing your job for the king. It's such a simple job. Other people do it, but you do it with such skill that a king wants to hire you. And here's the thing, you may never get promoted. You may never really get noticed. You may never actually find yourself doing your work for a king. But listen, if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you already are standing before the king. And ultimately that work that you're doing is not just being done for your family or for your customers or for your boss. That work that you're doing, whether you feel like it's boring or not, whether you feel like it's significant or not, whether you feel like it's adding value or not, you're doing it for the king. The king who has come, take a look at Proverbs 15, 19 again. The king who has come to take us off of the way of the sluggard, that's like a hedge of thorns, and he's come to put us on the level highway. And how did he do that? He is a king, but remember the cross. What did our king wear on his head when he died on the cross? He wore a crown, but it was a crown of thorns. He, he bore the curse that all of us were under because of all of our sin, including our laziness. And all of our work now, Colossians 3.23 says, it's not for man, it's for the king. It's for him. And so he has called us to be skillful in our work because our work is not ultimately for us. It's not ultimately for others. Our work is ultimately for him. We are standing before the king. May we be skillful in our work. Let's bow our heads and, and pray about how we can apply these truths to our lives. And so heavenly father, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And we come by your spirit who indwells us. And I pray, Lord God, that you would search us and know us right now. God, we don't want to compartmentalize our lives. 
We don't want to have certain areas where we work and certain areas where we don't. And so God, I pray that you would move among us right now. Lord, some of us are, are not faithful in our vocation. We are, not being, we are not doing our best for our employers. We are, not, we are not being as helpful as we ought to be. We are not loving our neighbor. Some of us are neglecting our responsibilities at home. And, and we are not doing what needs to be done. God, some of us, some of us are, not, are being neglectful and not using gifts here in this church, Lord God. And God, we have, we have walked down that path of thorns. We don't want any more obstacles. We don't want any more pain. We want to be on your level highway. So we pray that you would forgive us. We come before the cross. We come before the king who is wearing the crown of thorns. And we pray, Lord God, that you would transform the way that we think about our work. And that you would help us to be faithful in what you've entrusted to us. And God, whatever fear may be holding us back, whatever habits or addictions or ruts may be stopping us from being faithful, and God, I pray that by your spirit and by your power, you would help us to leave all of those things behind and that we would follow you, that we would set our heart completely on you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel in Brampton, Ontario. For more information about our church or to contact us, please visit harvestbrampton.ca.